JPMC, and welcome back to Life Happens. My name is Kate Cadet, and each month in this podcast, we get to hear from real-life employees about their real-life stories, the good, the bad, and the unexpected. Along the way, we hope to show that if you're experiencing something challenging in your own life, chances are you won't be the only one, and there may be ways the firm can help. In this month's episode, we're talking about organ donation. We're talking to Mike Hegarty in the CIB's Digital and Platform Services Group in Chicago, and we are joined by a special guest, his kidney recipient, Dominic Perullo. Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Dominic. Thank you so much for being here to talk about your experience. This is a fantastic story, and Mike, I'm going to start with you. You knew Dominic through your partner, and you knew that he was ill. Correct. He had a kidney disease that evidently in June of 2018 became very aggressive to the point that he was on daily dialysis. And you found out that he needed a kidney urgently in a pretty unusual way. Yeah, I happened to be in Wrigleyville here in Chicago, and a picture came up on Facebook, and Dominic and his partner happened to be at a Jimmy Buffett concert at Wrigley Field, and a woman behind him snapped a picture of his T-shirt that simply said, O positive, in need of a kidney, with a phone number. When that came up, I looked at my partner and I said, okay, and he kind of nodded at me and I called Dominic and I'm like, who do we go talk to to see if I'm even viable? So you found out he needed a kidney from Facebook. Correct. Had you always been an organ donor? Have you signed up? You know, on the, I think in the U.S. they do it on the back of the driver's license, don't they? Yeah, I've always been an organ donor, but at that point, I'd be a cadaver donor. I'd never been presented with the opportunity or even thought process of being a living donor until Dominic needed a kidney. So you got in touch with a Dominic, and then that set off a series of tests that lasted for months, didn't it? Uh, absolutely. The following Monday, he got in touch with his transplant coordinator as a recipient, who then in turn got a hold of a donor transplant coordinator. She guided me through the process. There was about eight months worth of weekly testing, the whole nine yards, just to make certain that I was a match. There was a lot of curveballs in there that could have stopped everything, but fortunately we made it through. And you told work about this at what point in the process? There were some preliminary tests just to even see if I would be close to a match. Once I started the process, I did need to let my manager know because obviously there would be many doctor's appointments. And while I tried to do them all prior to work, you know, sometimes, you know, I might be late to work just because it could take longer. But yes, I had to bring him into the loop and he was extraordinarily supportive surprised, but supportive. Did you find that a lot of people were surprised? Well, I didn't let a whole lot of people know in the beginning because there's so much, you know, that could have gone wrong and or I may not have been a match at all. We needed to get through the process. You know, obviously my parents, I let them know and my siblings and my partner, of course. And that was pretty much it in the beginning and a couple of close friends. Were those tough conversations? Did you get any pushback? Not really. There was um, a lot of surprised looks on people's faces because they were kind of like me. It's an opportunity that's never presented itself. My mother, on the other hand, she was very, very suspect of it. But I got her (laughs) past that, so. Brilliant. So it took eight months to Mm -hmm. get this whole testing process out of the way. And so what happened when they called you to say that you were... Perfect. Ready to go. Well, it shocked me. I didn't realize I was as healthy as I was. (laughs) Um, I was actually on vacation in Mexico. It was in mid-December 
when my phone rang and I knew it was uh, Brittany, my transplant coordinator, and I knew that the committee at the hospital was meeting that week, she gave me the good news that um, it was kind of a double-edged sword. It was great news that the committee approved me, but the fact that I was in Mexico, we had to wait a whole nother month so that I could get tested for Zika. So, yeah. Zika is the Zika virus carried by mosquitoes? Mosquitoes, yes, correct. So we had to wait a month before we could even schedule the surgery because I had to be tested for that. But while I was on the phone with Brittany, evidently Dominic's transplant coordinator had phoned him. He's trying to call me. I'm half in tears jumping up and down next to a pool. (laughs) And it's like, it was just an amazing, it was almost a euphoric feeling that all of this effort and poking and prodding and doctor's visits and stress tests and everything else just it finally paid off. Were you expecting that feeling of joy? I did not want to get my hopes up. But the one thing that I did do, I signed up on a list that even if I wasn't a match for Dominic, I would still donate to somebody, which would move him further up on the transplant list. Because here in Chicago, there was upwards of a five to seven year wait for a kidney. Wow. That is a long time. Is it a five to seven year wait because so few people are registered as living donors, do you think? Um, It's that and just getting matches and the whole nine yards. It's a lot of testing. I mean, you really have to persevere through the testing. It could be a number of things, but the average wait is about five years. So tell us about the day of the surgery. Well, it was interesting because we all met at the hospital in the morning. They took me in first because obviously, you know, they've got to take the kidney from me. But Dominic was with me as I was going through all the pre-tests and everything. And then finally, they wheeled me away. It was about a three-hour surgery for me. And then right during my surgery, they were prepping Dominic to get him into the R suite. So, you know, once they took the kidney from me, they could immediately put it in him. So I was in my room recovering while he was still in surgery because that took a few more hours. Is it possible in all of this testing, they determined that you were going to be perfectly fine with just the one kidney. That was a lot of the testing because the testing they do is not only am I match for Dominic, but how I am going to be with one kidney moving forward. So you had your three-hour surgery. You're wheeled back to the recovery room. Dominic goes in for his. When did you know that it had been a success? Between his partner, Jack, and my partner, Rick, who were both at the hospital, we were on the same floor, probably about 100 feet from each other, in separate rooms, of course. And there was, between the transplant coordinators, our partners, you know, getting word from the doctors, we were getting constant updates. And when could you see each other? The following day, we saw each other. They actually made me get out of bed and take a field trip to his room. How was that? I was a little wobbly and needed help, but I made it to his room and we sat and visited as long as we could. And then the day after that, they made him get up and come to my room. How did you feel when you saw him there? Elated. His yeah. color was back. He, he looked fantastic compared. He was kind of gray and ashen prior to us going in. And he's an Italian guy. So all <laughs> of his color was back. And it was amazing. He was talking. I could tell he felt better, you know, aside from the pain from surgery. And I could also tell there was somewhat of a weight off of his shoulders. Yeah. And so how long was it before you returned to work? And was it a consideration how much time you could take or how much support you had? My full recovery was three weeks after that when I came back to the office. I I had to wear sweatshirts because I couldn't button pants yet from the surgery. But but everybody was so supportive in the whole nine yards. I remember reading something before we recorded this podcast where you were 
relating your story and you had gotten a couple of questions from people asking you, why would you do this? I got to tell you, this was the easiest decision I've ever made in my life, you know, to move forward to see if it was even something that could occur. That is truly a gift. Now, I, I want to know if you have any advice for people who are considering becoming living donors or who might be moved by your story to sign up or anybody who may be going through the process themselves. It's all about the perseverance. Don't give up. I mean, you know, like I said, there's a lot of testing. There's stress tests. There's cardio. There's MRIs, CTs, a lot of things that you have to go through. It, it is so worth it in the end when you can see the face of the recipient and know that they're going to be okay. Well, that is truly an amazing story. And turning to you, Dominic, I want to find out a little bit about your medical journey. You, you had a kidney dysfunction. It started back in 2006. I would go for my annual blood work, and my primary doctor basically noticed my creatine levels started rising. And by 2007, he had referred me to a nephrologist. And from there, he wanted to do a biopsy on me, which came back with, I had FSGS, which is a kidney disease. It's an autoimmune disease that attacks your kidneys. And it was not hereditary. I have no idea how I have gotten it. I see him every month to every two months for quite a while. And the whole plan was once I had reached a certain level, it would be time to go on dialysis. So luckily, that lasted me until 2018, which was when my creatine level hit 10. And he said, "That's you need to make a decision here. And that was in March. And I was going to Cabo in April, and I had it all set up as soon as I got back in May to go get a port put in my stomach for dialysis. It's not a really pleasant experience, but I had a, no. I had a really great nurse that trained me very well. And if I had any problems, I could call her at any hour of the day or night. I was on Rush's transplant list even before I had gotten onto dialysis. And for our international listeners, do you want to tell everybody what Rush is? Rush University is a hospital, and they're mm-hmm. one of the best transplant hospitals in Chicago. And you had a you had a creative way of telling the world that you were in need of a kidney. Correct. I was on several Facebook websites strictly for people that are on dialysis and have kidney disease and have had transplants. And in seeing all this, I ran across a man that had wore a t-shirt to Disneyland with his son. And he wound up finding a stranger to donate a kidney to him. And I had thought about this and I was like, I had gotten to the point where I really wanted to get off dialysis. And so I talked to my partner and I said, what do you think if I have some t-shirts made up and when we do go out, we wear them? And he was like, I think that's a really good idea. So this woman had taken my picture at Jimmy Buffett, and that is when Mike got in touch with me. So you said that the guy in Disneyland had worn a T-shirt and wound up getting a kidney from a stranger. Correct. You actually received a kidney from from a friend. From a friend, friend. yes. Of which 
I hadn't had talked to for months because, you know, I was going through this process. And I mean, we don't have to talk often. When we talk, we pick up where we left off the last time we saw each other. And I had not gotten to call him and tell him my situation yet. And he saw this on Facebook and he got in touch with me the next day, which was amazing. He just told me, tell me what to do and how to go about this. So the day the call came to you and to him, the same day to say that he passed all his tests and could be a donor, how did that feel? I was ecstatic. I was nervous. I was crying. I was happy. It was just exhilarating. I mean, I can't really describe the feeling. It's just amazing. And then surgery day comes, and it goes swimmingly for both of you. Correct. And past the surgery, when all the sort of, and your body learns to live with a new organ, how has this changed you in terms of your quality of life? Actually, tomorrow is nine months since Mike donated, and it has taken several months but I can say now I am 100% and I'm just as good as I was before this kidney disease started. It's amazing. Actually, maybe even better. So the recovery process for you, you would say you've made it to the other side. Right. The recovery for me is in the beginning. It's a lot of adjusting meds. It's a lot of visits. It's a lot of blood work. And... Once they get it all worked out, which we're basically 99% there, then everything starts going much smoother from that point. They said, when you get tired, you know, lay down, take a break. I didn't push it, and I'm very happy for it because I feel great today. So what would you say to somebody who might never have thought of the opportunity or the possibility of becoming a living donor? I would say seriously, think about it and think about it again because you can truly change somebody's life for the better. Because being on a transplant list is not a great feeling because the level I was at, I knew it would be five to seven years or longer before I'd be getting that phone call. And even when you get that phone call, it's a 50-50 chance that that kidney is going to be good. And like I said, you can change someone's life like Mike did mine. Anything you want to say about him? About Mike? Yes, I love him with all my heart, and now I have part of him in me. So we are basically like brothers. And he is just an amazing, good-hearted man. That is fantastic. I can't still believe he did this for me. I seriously love him with all my heart. Dominic, it was amazing talking to you today. Thank you so much for being part of this. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much, Mike and Dominic, for talking to us today. Remember, if you're going through something new or challenging in your life, why not see how the firm can help? Start at the Life Happens homepage on the internet for information on all the resources available to you in your location, including the ones we talked about today. If you enjoyed this episode, please like or comment below using the Inc. app and leave us suggestions for future topics. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you'll join us next time on Life Happens. Life Happens.